when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I hope you're all doing well. Uh... Before we get going, again, I'm going to do this every time. We've only got two weeks until my birthday, May 15th. Please give me a review over at iTunes. We're getting near that 100 number, but we're not not there yet. And uh, if you've read the book, please go to trialguides.com and give me a review there. Uh, I'll read one of the reviews of the podcast. This is from the Pivotal Moments podcast, another podcast you should check out. And they say, I love this podcast. Sari's willingness to share all her wisdom and helping us lawyers unlock our true selves is a gift. This podcast is not only about trial skills, but about life skills and how to be our authentic selves. With this podcast, the book, and the membership, I found myself so much faster than I could have on my own. Thank you, sorry, for being a light worker. Well, thank you for your review. I really appreciate that. And this is my life's work, is helping trial attorneys. Who knew that this is how it would all turn out? But I love that it's turned out this way, and I love that uh, so many of you are enjoying the podcast. Well, today we're talking about how to transition in a presentation because I find with my clients that this is one of the harder things to do. And I get this question over and over again, how do I transition from one piece to the other? So for example, in the opening template that I uh, teach, we start with our opening rule or statistic or what we call impactful statement. And then we go into what we call the teaching section or the educate the jury section. And then from there, we go to the defendant's story. And then we talk about why we're here. And then we go into challenges and so on and so forth. It's a nine piece template. And in between all of those pieces, you have to transition in some way, not to mention that when you're actually in one of the portions, for example, the educate the jury section, you're going to have to transition in there as well. So today let's talk about uh, one thing that I don't want you doing, and then two things that you can be doing that will help you transition. I'm not sure why transitions are so difficult, but they are for most people in a presentation. We just, once we're done with a piece of content, it's like, well, how do I move over to this other piece of content? So what most of you do is what I call announcing. And this is what I want you to stop doing, (laughs) which is saying things like this. Now, let me show you, or now let's talk about, or now let me tell you what happened here. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with doing that from time to time. For example, in the story section, when we go to story, I actually like that as a transition, as a verbal transition. Let me tell you what happened here. Let me tell you the story of this case, right? Nothing's wrong with that. The problem is, is when we consistently used the announcing that now let me, now let me, now let me, now let me. Here's the reason why we want to avoid that. It's over verbalizing. The type of information that we are giving jurors primarily is verbal and verbal information is the most difficult information to A, deliver and B, receive. 
It really is because we tend to overload the listener with too too many words. And so that's why I'm going to teach you today how to make your transitions nonverbal. But understand that we overload the jurors by just the sheer volume of verbal information that we give them. And so what we want to do is try and avoid giving any unnecessary verbal commands or verbal um, statements such as announcing. So that's why when I'm working with my clients, most of the time I tell them to stop with the announcing because it's just extra verbiage and it overtires the listener. Yes, we can use uh, visuals, but I've seen even with my clients, when you have a visual, you'll say, now let me show you now, <laughs> right? So we're still announcing with the visuals, which is still too much verbal. What I'd like you to get to is that when you open your mouth, it's because you are delivering some kick-ass content and you're not wasting any words. Uh, And and transitions tends to be where you waste most of your words. So what do you do instead? Well, there are two things, and this is going to be a little difficult to demonstrate. Well, I can't demonstrate at all on a podcast, but I hope you get the gist. The way to transition between any two pieces of content is actually very simple and it's nonverbal. Part number one is to pause and just say nothing. So let's talk about that one first. I have a whole podcast episode on the pause and how it is the number one confidence nonverbal. And in there, I talk about how we avoid the pause. You know, this was... Back when I was teaching music as a piano teacher, you know, and and the kids that I would teach, and including the adults, would blow right through the rests. And those of you who are not familiar with music, the rests are uh, a musical symbol that denotes silence. For some reason, we are so afraid of silence. Somehow we have picked up the the idea that it somehow means we don't know what we're talking about or that um, we've lost our train of thought when the opposite is absolutely true. When you pause, and here's the caveat, with excellent breathing, right? So you don't hold your breath during the pause. You pause, you command the room. Why? Because the pause communicates non-verbally that you will wait for me. I've got control of this situation. I decide when I speak and when I don't. I don't need to fill every single moment with my voice to feel confident. That's what the pause does. It communicates that I've got command of the room, okay? Now, what it also does in today's podcast episode, when we're talking about transition transitions, is it allows your listener to really get the content, let it really let it seep in what you've just said, particularly if what you've just said is, is some really great content or something that was really moving or meaningful, then the pause should even be longer. Um, for example, if you say something like, and then she was later diagnosed with a brain injury, then we want a big pause after that big piece of content there. So the pause is the first half of how you transition. I know that sounds ass backwards that you have to somehow, you know, have this great transition strategy and I'm telling you to do nothing, (laughs) but it works so well. I'm going to demonstrate it in just a minute. The second piece, however, 
is not just pause. Uh, pausing can be the transition and that all you need when it's short pieces of content. Maybe you're in your teaching section and you're just transitioning from one little thing to another thing. You may only need the pause is what I mean. But for bigger transitions, so for example, let's say that you have just finished your teaching section and now you're going into the defendant's story or whatever new piece of content. It's a totally different piece of content. You've finished one thing and now you're starting another. You need to add a second piece for your transition, and that is movement. Now, let's talk about why movement (laughs) is not always done. Just like the pause that so many of you are scared of that silence, so many of you are scared of moving in trial. And when you move, you do it so awkwardly. You've somehow been been trained or, or got the message along the line that you have to always keep eye contact with your audience, always face your audience. And this causes you to do a lot of weird things when it comes to movement. And so what I'm suggesting is that you can throw away those rules, right? You don't need to always make eye contact with the audience. In fact, constantly making eye contact with your audience can be creepy and weird. You want to make sure that they are allowed to process. That's what the pause and movement does. So when you have a, a, a moment where you have delivered some content and now it's time to go into the story, when you pause and then walk a few steps, turning your body away from the audience, yes, what it does is it allows your audience to process what was just said and sit with it for a minute. This is what you're missing out by being so uh, scared of how to transition and filling those transitions with announcing and lots of verbiage, you're missing this opportunity to have this space where your jurors really kind of sit with what you just said. And the pause and movement can do that. So it might be something like this, where you are ending your teaching section and you say something like, um, so to do your jobs in this case, remember that there are three things that every trucking company must do before XYZ. One, blah, blah, blah. Two, blah, blah, blah. Three, blah, blah, blah. Now you pause and you move and you don't look at the jury. And then you look back at them when you're ready to go and you say, now let me tell you what happened in this case. Right? So that's your transition. Now I did use the announcing there, but that's the only place I really like that one. Cause I, it feels like, you know, gather around, we're going to hear a story. So I like that verbal verbiage there, but notice, even though I announced, I had the pause and the movement beforehand. Now you may say it sounds, it feels awkward to, to pause and move. Just have the look on your face. Like you're contemplating what to say next right? So that this doesn't feel like this big rehearsed production. In fact, when you work with me, I do not ever have you memorize content. And so it should look like you are pausing for a moment to gather your thoughts before you go on with the next portion of your content. That looks great to an audience, I want to tell you, because it doesn't feel like a speech. No one likes speeches, What we're after is this conversational style where it sounds like you're just sharing your thoughts with the jury and wanting to bring them into this process. And so those, those pauses and those, the the times where you move, allow them to kind of track with you and pace with you. That's kind of what we're doing here. So that it's not this constant stream where you're filling everything and you're constantly talking and you're announcing, and now let me show you this. Now let me show you that. Let's do this and let's do that. It's tracking, pausing moving, moving the jurors along with you so that they stay with you, 
so that they track the conversation, they track the movement. But to do that, you have to be willing to be okay with silence and to be okay with breaking the rules you learned somewhere of you know, always making eye contact and never um, turning your back to the audience. Not that you'd have your back to the audience necessarily, you'd be walking sideways, but you know what I mean. So that is how you transition, my friends. Pause and movement. You don't need the verbals. Just track with the jury, slow it down, command the room, and make sure that you breathe. All right. Well, it's a shorter one today. It's chemo week this week, so I hope you forgive me, Um, but I hope this was helpful. Again, get me your reviews if you wouldn't mind. Every time one of those pops up, it makes me feel so good, even if it's just a star rating. So I really appreciate you making my birthday wish come true, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to fromhostagetohero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then.